when we originally were talking about this, like knowing the type of technology that we've used in the past, we really felt that there was an opportunity here to, to, to adjust that to, to really start to take that and not worry about, you know, how fast the guy's going, the workload that he's got here. How can we take it in its simplest form and, and apply it to, to a new use case? You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's show, we have Jim Garuffalo, the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Connexon. Connexon equips more than 75% of NBA teams with next level technology that assists with performance profiling, conditioning, training loads, and injury management. At Connexon, Jim drives the market expansion into North America for these professional clubs, leagues, sports organizations, and media houses. Jim's experience in the sports marketing and sports performance landscape spans two decades with extensive experience in developing marketing strategies and executions that drive brand affinity and sales for some of the world's most trusted brands. Prior to joining Connexon, Jim was Vice President of Client Services for MKTG, part of the Dentsu AG's network. In this role, he led the Chicago's office relationship with Dick Sporting Goods, Gatorade, NCAA, and Performance Health's Biofreeze brand. Under his direction, the team executed numerous award-winning campaigns, and before that, he worked for nine years at PepsiCo's Gatorade as a member of the sports marketing team. Here, Jim implemented global marketing strategies for the Gatorade Sports Science Institute that connected athletes, teams, leagues, and sports professionals with Gatorade's science and product portfolio. If you enjoyed today's show, then be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at sportstechworldseries.com. That'll give you details on the podcast each week in addition to the top trending news across the industry and some deep dives if you'd like to learn more. I'll be back at the end of the interview to share some final thoughts. But here we have our man interview with Jim Gruffalo, the contact warning and tracing tech helping the NFL and the NBA's safe return to play. The mm-hmm. challenges those teams and leagues have faced in the return safe to play, like what were the, specifically what were some of the things that they had to be mindful of? Yeah, I think as we were talking to them, really understanding what kind of shape their athletes were going to be in when they came back, what kind of access to facilities or training equipment did they have when they were in their own in their own environments, and then what is a safe way to kind of start to scale them back up into, um, you know, kind of playing, you know, playing shape or, or you know, top performance where they can start playing games again to be able to be you know, six, seven months into a season and then have to go completely shut down where they're not doing anything competitive there for, for a number of weeks and even months, you have to, to make sure that you're appropriately scaling them, you know, over time here. You don't want to go from zero to 60 in, in one day, right? You want to make yeah. sure that you're slowly building that back. And I think working with the teams that we did, that historical data of where they started the season, where they were at mid-season, where they were when they ended, to be able to have that database of information that, that our teams were utilizing and then start to look at that to help build their plan to go back into to playing shape was extremely critical for us Yeah, and for that. And, and so, and that's that's a product of the lockdown, the sense of you can't get into the training facility. Some people can't even leave their, their homes or they can leave their homes but for limited um, periods of time. So obviously that's the, the side of it that's affected by quarantine, lockdown, whatever else that is. What about things with um, the actual coronavirus itself? So in terms of like um, social distancing, things like that, when, when they're returning to play and mitigating um, any risk of, of them contracting it or spreading it? Yeah, I think when the initial startup happened again with, with the NBA and with some other clients, you know, the, 
the, the testing was obviously, as you heard, is was pretty intense, right? So to making sure that they're doing those on a, on a day in and day out basis to, to provide that type of safety. Um, you know, for at the time when they first started to go back to those facilities, you know, they were they were on their own, right? They were starting to go back a little bit at a time. They had the protocols in place in their facility, who was allowed in the facilities and, and what the what the protocols there were. But then as you started to transition to gameplay, you know, that bubble environment comes into play. Now you've got all those teams into one location and they're, you know, kind of bringing everybody into one environment. So now you have to kind of take another level of, of depth of, of testing, um, you know, putting good practices in place with, with social distancing and, and, and contact tracing and, and things of that nature. So, you know, for us, it was one, make sure that we were giving them the tools before that, you know, before teams started to go back to, to be able to help with performance and, and slowly build back up to get to that, that level they needed to, to compete from, from a game perspective. But then also, you know, showing them that there were other ways to kind of monitor what is happening from a, um, you know, good practices from a, from a distancing perspective and, and, and contact, um, contact tracing as well. Yeah, so I guess two parts. The first part is, is their performance on the field or, or court mm-hmm. where they are in that moment um, and how they can get as close to the peak that they were reaching, say, mm-hmm. in 2019. Um, but then the other side is when they walk off the court and they're walking around a facility or they're going to a yeah. facility, well, that's how it got a whole element of risk and danger and, and, and how do you how do you mitigate against it? How do you, how do you track that? How do you, how do you prevent it? If anything, it's easier on the court because you can see someone's there. Um, you can yeah. see kind of what contact, you know who's there, but it's a bit of a black box when they're out of that. So what, what role does tech play in, um, I guess, two things, contact tracing um, and then mm-hmm. social distancing, which seem to be the two um, key yeah. pillars in, in the coronavirus response? Yeah, and, and you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the, when teams, whether it be college, pro, um, at, at all different levels, when they're in their facilities, you feel like you're in that environment that they're very contained and they can control what what's happening when they're going on there. I think when you know when they leave there, obviously they're professionals and they need to make smart decisions when they leave that building. But what we want to make sure is that when they are there, that we have good information to share of you know those health those good practices, right? So we want to make sure that we were providing them tools that will give them information about that, that social distancing and, and making sure they're keeping appropriate distance between each other. I think if you probably were going to go across a team of players and individuals and said, hey, we want you to keep six feet from each other, what does that look like? Everybody may have a little yeah. bit of a different perspective of what six feet looks like. Really, so, really good at like, I mean, like zoning in on a shot, you know, what's six feet, exactly. how, how, how far are you six feet from that? But I totally agree in terms of what six yeah, feet is, so I think is wildly different. Yeah, it becomes an extra tool to help um, just people to recognize like how far how far they are, and then you know we always we think about those individuals that we may be right there with, but what you know what happens if there is an outbreak uh, across the team or an organization or a league, you know, for 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 that point of it, and and you want to make sure that you have the ability to not only see that one individual. Now, who are the two or three other individuals that could be in, in, impacted by that that one positive test? So. You know, this is really, you know, when, when we created the Safe Zone tool, this was something that, you know, we, we weren't looking to completely, you know, we're not going to completely eliminate positive tests. I mean, I think we all know that this, this virus has, uh, has you know, unprecedented kind of spread and what it's doing. But yeah. really for us, it was about being able to kind of 
limit those exposures that could shut down a whole team, a whole league, or, or that type of situation. So having that information to find out who the people are that are most at risk and how long they may have been in contact with someone that that was uh, that tested positive, those were very important factors as we were thinking about what a product could look like in this space. And you know, we you know we've been you know so good at tracking the performance of an athlete and the movements of an athlete and now really what we focused on with this product as we as we shifted a little bit was more about sensor to sensor contact right we were not concerned about where that athlete was or where that individual is at all we really are concerned with is what that sensor in contact with another sensor and for how long right yeah. so we can give good recommendations of Hey, you're too close. You're going to see a light or a, a visual cue or an audible cue to let you know that you're within six feet of somebody and you need to back away or be able to say, Hey, I was in, in contact with this individual for two, three minutes. And now I'm able to log that contact and tell you that, you know, these two individuals are safe, but they may have had to contact with another person that wasn't. And now you can track that back. So it's really to mitigate that bigger outspread within an organization or a team um, and and prepare accordingly for that if that was to take place. Yeah. So so alerting people to the to the six feet distance, um, and if they mm-hmm. violate that or um, aren't complying with it, and then second secondary to that is yeah. if there is an outbreak or is there a risk that someone's exposed, going well, this one person connected with these thirteen people or whatever it is, and then be able yeah. to trace that, and then go to those thirteen people and go, well, who else are they connected with? And be able to do that rapidly. So, is it what is it? Is it um, in terms of the actual unit? Yeah. So, so our sensor is is uh, the the best way to describe it is about the size of a domino, and it has the ability to to do a couple things. One, it it works over um, ultra wideband, and it's really like I mentioned, sensor to sensor technology, right? So. We, one of the big concerns that you probably heard from, from people early on is, well, is this tracking and someone's movement everywhere they go and, and what they're doing? And, and really, it's not designed to do that at all. What it's designed to do is really just tell us if two sensors become in, in close proximity to each other. And you can set different thresholds for that. So let's just say that we want to set the threshold at six feet for that, that proximity sensor. We can do that when we set step within that six foot you'll first see a, a visual cue on the on the sensor that will flash. And then there's a certain amount of time that you can say, well, now if they're there for longer than 30 seconds a minute, we want an alarm to go off to let them know audibly that, that there's that they are too close to an individual. Yeah. So it, it really comes into play great when when you have, let's say that we know our, our, our individual team is, is protected and tested um, and we, we can trust all the individuals in that environment that they're that they're they've tested negative. Well, there's always people that are that, that come in contact with with your athletes, right? Whether that be media, whether that be other personnel, and you want to make sure that you're keeping them at a good distance from individuals as well. So so you can have your team set one way, and your other people that come into contact them in another way. So they as soon as they come in in that within that six foot range, you get that audible alert that they. Um, that it's time for them to step back. So it, it's not only protecting your athletes from, from um, or being able to track, you know, those contacts if a positive test happens, but it's also other people that may come into their environment and protect them from those situations as well. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about applications beyond coronavirus, but I, I certainly know there's some athletes that wish they could have that for all journalists. That there's a <laughs> feel within six feet of a journalist that just an alarm goes off. But um, potential pivot. But but speaking of pivots, I mean. Your core, as I said at the beginning, is 
human performance product solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then pivoting to something like this, what was the kind of process for the, the pivot to the safe zone um, product? Well, all the credit obviously goes to our engineers and, and our, our development team in, in Germany because they really acted with with lightning speed here and and were able to give us a product that that was um, you know that that was in dire, dire need at the time, right? Like I think the when we originally were talking about this, like knowing the type of technology that we've used in the past, we really felt that there was an opportunity here to 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 adjust that to to really start to take that and not worry about you know how fast the guy's going the workload that he's got here how can we take it in its simplest form and and apply it to to a new use case and and i think what having clients in the professional sports space and collegiate space around the world and then also from an industry side of things too where we work with distribution facilities or or you know manufacturing facilities as you can imagine those individuals are just as much at risk as as our our pro athletes and our college athletes are so being able to give them a tool that was similar technology that we've always used and not have to put in a, a, an expansive infrastructure by any means to do this and really just telling people to take this sensor, wear it as part of your normal day in and day out activities within your the environment that you're in and it will do the work for you of telling you if you're getting too close to somebody or if we need to track, track back of, of, of a positive test. So it was really a... Uh, credit to those guys to be able to see what our technology can do and the capabilities that it can provide and then be able to bring to life uh, a, a really unique offering that was was not in the marketplace at, at yeah. that point in time. I mean, it, it's I, I think the, the application of it has been really, really impressive the way we've been able to roll it out across so many different uh, properties and, and environments here and in a relatively short time too. Yeah, and I guess also concerns around privacy and um, respecting the every individual's not just the athletes, but every individual's privacy yeah. um, as a tool for that. And as you said, it's it's sensor to sensor. It's not sensor in space. It's not a tracking thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, more is less essentially in this because it has a very clear purpose um, and function exactly. around coronavirus and specifically around distance um, and and yeah. tracing. So putting an accelerometer in it or whatever else you could, every other um, bell and whistle that you could isn't going to serve anything. Um, so yeah. I think that's really, uh, understand the technology is for solving a specific problem just because it yeah. has cap- other capabilities, which obviously your core products do, um, yeah. isn't actually going to help. Well, you think about it too, Thomas, is I think one of the things that, that you, you think of the environments here that you're trying to serve and and you know, not everybody can have a phone in their hand to be able to, to do you know distancing apps or, or contact tracing in, in, in the environments they're in. That's not only athletics, but that's in an industry environment as well. So this gives them something that it's a very simple tool that they can put on and, and wear throughout their daily activities and, and provide very accurate and, and precise information that, that can help you know kind of keep pro- productivity up and, and you know limit the number of cases that. That, that, that could be coming and shut down a whole facility, if you will. So, so I think having, having something like that that is not relying on you know, a cell phone signal or, or anything like that was, was really, really unique and, and, and turned out to be a, a, great, a great opportunity for us to, to continue to, to solve 
you know, while we're, we're, we're solving the needs of performance for our athletes and, and the teams that we work with, now we're, we're keeping them safe and healthy on another side of it as well, which is great. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, NBA and NFL fans um, out there that are thankful for it, um, for, the, for the ability to, for the sport to return. So yeah. as we just discussed, that very focused product on coronavirus, on contact tracing, on social distancing. Uh, if when a vaccine is developed and coronavirus itself is not as much of a concern, do you see a continued application for this product or is it one of those things that kind of pivoted, uh, served a, a really crucial function, absolutely crucial function in the time, but then yeah. it, it just, um, I guess it goes in the kind of the company hall of fame history books um, or is or is there a continued application? Yeah, well, we definitely see this as a product that's going to be in the company hall of fame. That's for sure during that the times like this. But yeah, we we do see continued application of this. I think with you know with what with teams we're talking to currently in colleges and and just the landscape in general. You know, most people are preparing for this to to go into the that the start of 2021 and into that season. And I think that knowing that you know you've you've probably seen it as well in the media that there's different discussions about. What does a bubble opportunity look like for college basketball, or how do we come back safely, you know, at the end of the college football season or the start of the next NBA season? So obviously, there's there's opportunities from that. But I also think what this product can do is it can help, you know, continue to to emphasize, you know, good practices and good behavior. Right? I think if we can continue to provide this solution, we may not need the contact tracing as much down the road, but maybe it's more about social distancing and making sure that you're you're being smart about how close you are to another individual in your different environment. So we feel that there's some real opportunities here. You know, also there could be applications of how do we start to take this and apply it to the, the performance side of it too. Is there things that now we can look at spacing of teams on court or spacing of, of, of you know, like a, a football club or any of those type of things? Like there could be so many different applications to, you know, what this, this spatial uh, recognition looks like. And, 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 you know, kind of, if you want to, you know, I, I, I'm not a, a high level coach by any means, but what if a coach wants you to stay within two feet of a guy when you're guarding them on the basketball court or whatever? And, Maybe there's something there. So, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities for us to continue to evolve what this offering is, but I think it, you know, at its very core, it will continue to provide um, a technology that, that gives people a safe environment to work in and, and continues to emphasize good, smart behavior um, as we're, we're navigating through this, this pandemic. Yeah, definitely. And that's, um, I mean, without that, all the human performance functions in the world um, are worth nothing because you don't actually have the games returning. So, uh, so it's definitely definitely worthwhile. And I think, as as you said at the end there, um, some of that receiver to receiver rather than receiver to unit um, advances is pretty interesting. Um, kind of understanding where other units are in space, um, uh, as opposed to just where they are, and then that feeds back um, into the program, and then whatever that is spits it back out at you. So. Yeah. I think we've all learned a lot during this time, right? Like not only is, is kind of what, what things that we've never had to think about before, we're all thinking of a little bit differently right now. So if we, if we can continue to innovate and, and, you know, keep up with what's going on here and, and knowing we've got a, a best in class engineering and uh, development team, um, I think those type of things will continue to kind of keep us at the forefront of what we need, need to do to make sure that this product continues to, to deliver for our clients in the right way. Yeah, definitely. And if it's um, also because it's unobtrusive and it's it's easy to use, 
then there's no downside to continuing to use it. Um, even beyond Absolutely. when a vaccine is developed, again, when, if, whatever that is, um, it's going to take some time to roll out. So if you've still got the, that continuing, it's, it's just why wouldn't you um, continue to enforce yeah. social distancing and contact tracing? Yeah, we, we really, like, you know, it's a, you know, you feel, you feel that you're bad that everybody's had to go through this at this time. But I think what, you know, in a lot of companies, you have to kind of, figure out ways to, to persevere and continue on, right? We knew that we were going to help our teams and, and come back healthy when they were starting to play again and, and give them good information to help inform decisions as they're coming back to, um, to competition. And, and we feel good about that as well. We also feel really, really good about what we created from, from this product side of it as well, because now we, we just added another element to, to making sure that the people that are trusting us to give them good data and good information and you know, are caring for athletes, we've given them another tool to make sure that they're doing everything they can to keep their athletes safe during what is de- certainly um, a difficult times for everybody uh, coming back to sport. I agree wholeheartedly and, and looking forward to the, uh, the NFL restart. So go Texans on that. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and in that vein, final question for you today mm-hmm. uh, is what is your favorite sporting moment of all time, Jim? Oh man, that's a tough one. I think uh, being the son of an athletic trainer, my father was at, worked with the Chicago Cubs, so we we grew up at Wrigley Field. And as you know, in the '70s and '80s, there wasn't a lot of winning when when you were with the with the Chicago Cubs. But uh, he was part of that that turnaround in '84 when they went to the playoffs, and you uh, saw the first time playoff baseball was in Chicago in a very long time. So I would say being a part of that journey, like firsthand, like seeing what it meant to not only the people in that organization, my father, and then also all the fans in Chicago. I think that was probably that 84 series, even though it didn't end the way we wanted to with the headed to the World Series. It was great to kind of see playoff baseball in Chicago and what that meant to that fan base that hadn't seen it in so long. So I would say playoff run in 84 uh, was probably my uh, was one of my favorite sports memories of all time. Fantastic. Did you make it to the, <laughs> um, to the World Series? Um, I did, we we got knocked out that year. The Cubs got knocked out by. Oh Chicago. no, not not eighty four. I'm talking fast forward. Have I been to a World Series? Yeah. Oh, um, last year, I went when the Cubs won. Yes. Yeah. I, I was actually able to um, was able to actually go to to those game uh, one of those games with my father. So that was a lot of fun to 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 be a part of that. So you know, growing up in in the sports industry, that you know, obviously that was one that uh, that sticks with me. And I'm a Wisconsin guy, so. You know, seeing the Badgers go to Rose Bowls and and those type of things have always been good as well. So I'm a I'm a diehard Wisconsin Badger fan and and lifelong Cub fan. So those are those are my two things that uh, that are probably the the biggest ones that I always gravitate towards. That's for sure. Fantastic. Well, I'll include some footage um, if I can from from the '84 playoff Cubs, <laughs> um, so everyone can relive that um, and, and enjoy uh, the experience. So thank you so much for your time, Jim. Uh, really appreciated it. And uh, as I said, really looking forward to, to the NFL season restarting. Um, you know, congratulations as well as being part of the NBA restart. Um, I think sports fans everywhere around the world are, are very thankful for everyone who's played their part in that. Um, and hopefully kind of continuing on this upward tick of, of bringing sports back safely. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for, for having us on and, and kind of shining a light on such great work that our, our team has been able to do over the last uh, couple of years and then most recently these last couple of months during uh, what's been happening. So thank you very much for, for having us. Mm-hmm.
There you have it. That was Jim Garofalo, Executive Vice President, North America for Connexon, uh, talking about their fantastic product that they've pivoted from, from their core, into helping the safe return to play uh, for major sports in North America. So a fantastic example of a company uh, seeing a need, understanding their clients, and then pivoting to serve that. So as I said at the end, uh, sports fans the world over, very thankful that that's, uh, that's happening and there's plenty of other companies that are stepping up and helping with that return. The point that I also liked was that it doesn't need to do everything, it just needs to solve the problem uh, that it's designed for. So sometimes simplicity is best, uh, both in terms of the speed that you can get something to market, uh, but then also thinking about the ease of use. So some great insights there. Uh, thanks again to Jim for being on the show. We'll be back next week. Until then, I've been your host, Thomas Loams, and you're listening to Sports Tech Feed.